get our Bibles out tonight. I want to ask you to turn in the Word of God this, this evening to the book of Isaiah. Boy, I've been having a good time in the book of Isaiah. And so we're going to go ahead and turn with me, please, in chapter number 40. Oh, what a, what a beautiful book this is. And uh, we have here the cry of John the Baptist. And for those of you who know the answer to all of our questions here at Evergreen Baptist Church is John the Baptist. But um, we're going to take a look at uh, uh, verses number 6 through 8 tonight. So let's pray and let's ask God to be with us. And again, we love you. We miss you. We can't wait till our church gets back to normal. And I hope that uh, you'll share this with as many people as you can. I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted at how many people are actually uh, uh, tuning in on, on Facebook. And, and thank you for just listening. And even if you uh, hear a little bit of the message, that's, that's better than not being in church. So, amen. All right, let's pray together, shall we? Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this wonderful weather you've given to us. Thank you for all the work we're getting done around the church. Thank you for the projects. And uh, Lord, we pray that people at home are getting stuff done and, and working hard. Lord, thank you again for nobody in our church being sick and nobody in our family, uh, immediate family, extended family. Thank you so much for what you've done for our county here and uh, this, this northwest area, Whatcom County. We thank you for the relatively low uh, impact that this virus has had on our community. We thank you for the blessings. We acknowledge you, and we know, Lord, that uh, safety is of the Lord, and we thank you. Now, we pray that you'll also bless those people that were not as, as fortunate to have skipped the virus, and we pray that it would die out. We pray nobody would ever get it anymore. We pray that you choke it off as fast as you want to, Lord. We hope that you do it very quickly, that our country would get back to the strength and the vibrance and the blessings and the liberty that we love so much. Bless our uh, message tonight and our fellowship around the word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. <clears throat> now, in uh, Isaiah chapter number 40, verse number 6 through 8, there's a statement here that we love to... Uh, focus on tonight so let's read it says the voice said cry and said what shall I cry all flesh is grass and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field the grass withereth the flower fadeth because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it surely the people is grass so, you know, human nature is rather weak. Uh, people uh, come and go. And uh, as the Bible says, people are, are as the grass. Look at verse 8, though. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. That is what we should take comfort in tonight, that we have the word of God. We, we didn't make it up. We didn't... Uh, get it from some kind of a fictitious uh, author we got it the bible says holy men of god spake as they were moved by the holy spirit we have the word of god uh coming down to us from prophets uh moses and he he didn't just dream all that up and i, I like we always say here at our church if man could write the bible he would never do it because it condemns him now, if, if, he, if he would do it, if he wanted to do it, 
He wouldn't be able to. He doesn't have the skill, doesn't have the knowledge. This Bible is so magnificent and so complex. It's infinite. It's infinite in its uh, uh, complexity. No man could author this. It, it, it took uh, 40 different authors over 1,600 years to actually complete the canon of the scriptures. There's no way man could ever do it. And another thing, it was written, every single author of the book, uh, the divine library that we have, it was written by 66 different men. And uh, the thing about them, the, those men was that they were all Jewish people. Now, if you ever know how Jewish people, as strong in their ideology as they are, could ever agree as to history, politics, finance, <laughs> social behavior, and the word of God, uh, you've got a miracle on your hands. If you can get 66 different Jewish authors to all agree to the letter, to the, to the nth degree on what the Bible was to say, you've got a miracle on your hands. This is a miracle book. We would never even know anything about God or his ways or his word. We wouldn't know anything about God. If it hadn't have been for the word of God uh, being on, uh, printed on paper and vellum and parchments, we wouldn't have any idea what to do in life. We wouldn't know anything. Uh, we'd just be floundering and groping in darkness. We wouldn't even know what to do. We didn't know anything about God had it not been for his precious word. That's why I'm going to hang on to my Bible. Amen? How many of you are going to hang on to your Bible? In fact, get as many as you can. Uh, boy, oh boy, what a, what a, what a, a tremendous, uh, precious book we have. Now, uh, in uh, verse, uh, I, want, I want to go to the New Testament really quick. We're going to go to a lot of scripture tonight. But, you know, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6 through 8. Look at what it says. But the word of our God shall stand forever. That, nobody could say that about anything they do uh, had it not been for the word of God. Let's go now to 2 Timothy in the New Testament. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And uh, the Apostle Paul was uh, a man that had been studying the scriptures under Gamaliel, a doctor of the law. Now that law wasn't like uh, MIT or some, some uh, Blackstone's uh, uh, law practices or anything. He didn't study what you would call um, uh, law today, like criminal law, or, or, or what you'd normally um, look to. When you have somebody that studies law, you would say, oh, he's going to be a lawyer. That's not the kind of law that uh, Gamaliel taught Paul. He taught him the Old Testament law. And uh, so the Apostle Paul, speaking Greek and Hebrew, in a very somewhat well-to-do family, they sent him to Jerusalem. And uh, so he, he learned uh, the law, and he was going to be a, quite a prominent uh, Pharisee. Let's go to 2 Timothy now. Here's a man that knew the law. He knew the Bible. He knew the Old Testament, spoke fluently in Hebrew and Greek. This man was very highly educated, sitting under one of the most prominent doctors of the law in all of Jerusalem. So he's very well educated. Look what he said in chapter 3, uh, verse number 16 uh, of, uh, excuse me, 2 Timothy. Uh, hold on. There it is. I'll get it. It says, all scripture, scripture is God speaking to man 
and having him write it down on actual scripture, actual the, the God-breathed word on paper, and that's called prophecy, and that is very, very authoritative. There's, there's no other authority give, given under heaven that's more authoritative than a prophet saying, Thus saith the Lord. So we have that. So that's what scripture is. We have the same scripture that was given to the prophets. We have the same scripture that Jesus spoke. We have authoritative scripture from God in our hands. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Very, uh, don't you like that word profitable? I, I like to profit because of the Bible. I, I like to profit in my life. I like uh, profitable things, things that cause me to profit. Not just finances, uh, of course, but I like to prosper and I like to have good success. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So all scriptures are given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Profitable for doctrine, that's what we believe. For reproof, we, we need to be corrected sometimes. Sometimes some of us have to correct other people. It's just the way life is, but where do we get our correction from? We get it from the Bible. How do we know how to reprove somebody if necessary? We get it from the Bible. So we have doctrine, reproof. Look at the next one. For correction, don't you hate to be corrected? You know, you, uh, you know what a good Christian will, will not be uh, bitter at if somebody sits them down and gently corrects them. I have been corrected so much in my life. I, I'm not tired of it. I just, it's just painful sometimes. How many have ever been corrected by somebody that you love? That's the way to go. How many have been corrected by somebody that doesn't love you? That's even harder. How many have been corrected by a stranger? Ah, man. How many just try to stay correct so you won't have to be corrected? Amen? Here's how we get correction. From the Bible. I like this next word. In verse 16 it says, For instruction in righteousness. So how are we going to be good Christians? How are we going to have righteousness? What do we do with all these things that are good? Uh, we, get, we get that instruction from the Bible, from Scripture. So we have a wonderful, tremendous, miraculous book. And that's what's keeping me happy. Uh, I'm not trying to be happy. You understand, I'm not really, I'm not trying. It just comes natural. <laughs> I'm happy because God makes us happy. I, I'm restful deep down in my soul because God gives us rest. There remaineth the rest for the children of God. Uh, it's just, it's great. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy about sad things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not happy that anybody's out of work. In fact, I, I'm not happy that anybody's sick today. That, that is, is sad. But I can stay happy in the Lord, even though the storm clouds rise. Look at verse 17. So all this scripture was given, and all these different things are for us by the word of God, because he wants the man of God, that he may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. If you think this is just for pastors, you need correction. <laughs> 
uh, it's not just for pastors. It's for anybody that loves God. It's for men, women, boys, girls. Uh, it's not just the leaders that need to be corrected or instructed. Uh, it's not just the leaders that need to have doctrine and profitable things happen to them. So see, this Bible is for oh, the whole family. It's for boys and girls. It's for everybody in Sunday school, every race, every creed, every language. The Bible has no barriers to it. There's no boundary that the Bible and the Word of God has to stop and say, whoop, can't go any farther. Excuse me. This Bible it goes all through all barriers. It, there is no barrier. There's no boundary to the Bible. That's, that's kind of neat seeing how the, the, uh, the earth is a circle. It's a globe, and there's no boundaries. There's no, ba there's no, there's no fence. There's no wall. There's, there's, no, uh, there, there's no concrete barrier. The Great Wall of China is not going to stop the Bible. Amen. And uh, I like what uh, President Reagan said. Uh, President Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Uh, but the, the gospel was way before that. The gospel was getting around the world. So the word of God is going to stand forever and ever and ever. It's not going to be wiped away. This is the end of two full weeks of uh, sequestration and lockdown. And uh, it seems, as I look uh, and hear about what the world is doing and what some of the people in our country are doing, it seems like they're having trouble finding out what the truth is. They're having trouble grasping at what is right. What, what report is right? What, uh, what, what is this virus really doing to us? And how do we overcome it? What medicines are going to be good for it? Nobody seems to know for sure. And it's, a, it's astounding how people are blind and groping and and, and trying to find out, where do we go? What do we do? And uh, you and I have the Bible right here. And we can trust the Lord. There is a good medicine. It's somewhere out there. But until they find it, that we shouldn't be uh, living in fear. And we should not. This, I, I'm against this whole entire shutdown. I think there's, there's plenty of things to do rather than close every store and and, and, and make everybody wear masks because no, hardly anybody actually follows that. And the people that do, they, well, God bless them. But guess what? Uh, we just went to Home Depot today, and there's a great big line of people. Oh, I just said, let's get out of here. We just went, turned around and drove away because it was like probably 50, 60 people all lined up in this uh, corridor uh, and uh, I've never seen so many Home Depot buckets in all my life, but they're all this big, long walkway, and everybody was really close to each other. None of, I, 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 don't, I don't think I saw a mask in the bunch. And then the guy that's ushering everybody into Home Depot, he didn't have a mask on. He didn't have gloves on. The, everybody's groping around trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. So... I would do this. I would say, let's, let's just turn ourselves from all this for a minute and look at the Bible. The Bible has got all the answers. The Bible is so wonderful. It's so true. It, we, the Word of God will stand forever. And I, I said uh, uh, to my wife, uh, we had a, um, I had a, a text, a very encouraging text. I might tell you who it is, but I don't want to embarrass anybody. So I got a text, and on, on the text, there was a picture of a gospel singer, and um, she uh, had a, a famous 
song uh, called God Made a Rainbow. And uh, so I went and looked it up and I, I heard the song and it was great. And so I, I tell you, there's, there's a lot of encouragement, you know. The Lord, he, he knows what he's doing. Amen. Just like the, the song said, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow him. And so we will. We'll just follow God, trust him, and make sure we're doing right. And you, you watch. God's going to bring sunshine. He'll, he, he will bring another rainbow. But let's look at this for a minute. We are not uh, wandering without truth. We have the truth. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8 said that the word of God, our God shall stand forever. I'm standing on the word of God. In Luke 21, verse 33, the Bible says, Heaven and earth shall pass away. When Jesus spoke, he said, But my words shall not pass away. You can stand on the word of God. Let's go to Hebrews for a minute. We're pretty close there in the Bible. Let's turn over to the book of Hebrews, just a few books to the right there. Hebrews chapter 4, one of our favorite verses around here. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This Bible goes right down to my marrow and your marrow in the middle of your bones and then it also goes clear down to the bottom of your thinking process the seat of all of your volition and your will, it deals with what you want to do and what you won't do. It goes all the way down, joints and the marrow. And then it even goes deeper than that. It goes into your soul and into your spirit and is a discerner of your thoughts and intents. There's nothing in the world. I've, I've, uh, I've, <laughs> I've had a, a, a kind of a funny remembrance, um, a memory that I, I don't think will ever leave me. I was in the first grade in Bow Lake Trailer Town, uh, right across from SeaTac Airport. I was in the first grade in 1965. And so uh, uh, my mom got a, a note from the, <laughs> from the teacher that said, your son needs psychiatric help. <laughs> so I, I didn't know how funny this was, uh, but I have learned. Anyway, uh, back then in 1965, my mom, oh, she was flustered. And we had to go to the, uh, the, the, the counselor, the doctor, the psychiatrist in my grade school for a meeting. And so um, we got into the office, and I remember his name was Mr. Burroughs. Never forget his name. He was a very nice man, too smart for his own good, maybe. But he, had, he still had a little, little bit of common sense. And so what happened was uh, he began to ask me questions in front of my mom, and then he asked my mom questions, kind of figuring out how we were living and what we were doing. And, um, and then when he was asking me questions, he kept he kept grinning while I was answering him. I had no idea what I said. But he, he just began to smile. And he was looking at me and kind of just, just about a hair from laughing. And you know what he said? He said to my mom, he said, Mrs. Shaver, I think the, the key here is that you just need to spend more time with Tab. And I, I said, yeah, yeah, that's good. And I, I thought, well, yeah, that's fun, okay. And I, I thought, I don't think I'm in trouble. 
I was a kind of a rambunctious kid, and I, I don't know why they said I needed psychiatric help, though, because they, you know, I think they got the psychiatric help from me. Amen. But anyway, uh, we said goodbye, shook hands, took off, and I said, what was that all about? I didn't need to do that. And so anyway, uh, what, 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 we, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not floundering around trying to find the answers. But they are. The world is, they don't know what to do. They, they can't find the answers. And all they got to do is open the Bible. In Psalm 119, 105, 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That is so comforting to know that we don't really have to understand everything. We don't really have to figure everything out. We can trust God. And then we have his word that's, if you, have you ever carried a, a really powerful flashlight going through the woods, maybe you were hiking, maybe on your way to a campfire, and it was really dark out, and you got a big old flashlight. We used to carry those big lanterns, you know, the, the Coleman lanterns that you put that special fuel in, and they had little socks, you know, at the end of the burning elements. And those things would burn. I never figured out how they burned without being consumed. But they were little mesh, little footy uh, socks on the end of these things. And man, was that ever bright. It would, we'd carry those lanterns. They all made, it, made a noise while they were burning. And you'd have to pump up the, uh, the fuel and spark the flame. And, and then whoosh, the whole area was all lit up. And, and I just look at the, the Word of God as this wonderful lamp. Uh, like a Coleman lantern on a dark night. Uh, there's no reason why we should stumble and fall and, and get off and, and wonder what's going on. And then have you ever been to where there's a, a light uh, in the middle of the night with a bright moon? My goodness, last night the moon was so bright. It was shining in our bedroom. I mean, we just we took the blinds and opened them. It was just shining inside the room. It was beautiful. And that's the light unto our path, you know, a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I don't understand why the world doesn't just run to the Bible. We have that. And we're not running around trying to find the truth. You know, our, our, our country, I want to say something, and I don't want anybody to be upset with me for talking about politics because it's not politics. It's, it's about uh, what we believe. You see, communism and socialism... And liberalism, it's all uh, a degree, uh, uh, one or two degrees uh, of unbelief. Let me ask you this. Why is it that the most strictest communistic countries, why are the most strong communistic countries, like, for instance, China and Russia, uh, North Korea, North Vietnam, strong communistic countries, how come you don't find much of the Bible in those countries. Do you know why? It's because communism is against God. Socialism is against the Lord. They, it is totally diametrically opposed. One's going east and one's going west, and the twain shall never meet. Communism's going this way, and socialism's going this way, and liberalism's going this way, and God's going that way. And the Bible's going with him, amen? You won't find any country that's steeped in communism 
and socialism where the people are under oppression, it's not so much politics, it's belief. And they're really sadly living in darkness. Well, I'm afraid that, that, that's, uh, that that's what some people would like for America. Uh, can I just say this, even on, on a message? Listen, I don't know why I'm asking you permission or what to say. Excuse me, but uh, one guy just got out of the race for president. All I got to say is, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Uh, I, I'm, glad he's, I'm glad he's out of the race. I wish he'd have never got in. Why? He's a communist. He says so. You see what I'm saying? It's not so much politics what it is. It's, it's the Bible. You won't find you, the freest people and most wonderful people on the earth that are happy and, and, and living in liberty where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. There's freedom. And that's what we need. We need this Bible. We need this Bible preached everywhere. We need it in the Congress. We need it in the Senate. We need the Supreme Court people, uh, those justices. We need to tell, get your Bible out and read it. Uh, get, get, get going again. Here it is, buddy. Hey, hey, Chief Roberts, right here, buddy. There's the law. Amen. Somebody say amen out there. Amen. This is where you get the wisdom. Uh, all right. So that's, that's my commercial for, uh, for our country. Aren't you, aren't you glad, though, we're still free? Now, why does God's word stand so strong? Why is it that God's word is standing forever? Why? How did it get so strong? Turn with me to John chapter 1, and I'll, I'll show you why it's so important that your Bible and the word of God is going to stand forever. Not too many people realize this if you read the Bible and maybe, maybe it's uh, something that you haven't done in a long time. I don't know, but I don't know who I'm talking to. I know one thing. Uh, it took me until I was, um, I think, 20 years old before I read the Bible. I mean, all the way through. And I, it scared me. I didn't know what to do with it. I, I didn't understand it. I thought you had to be highly educated uh, to understand the Bible. And praise God, I found out that's not true. Uh, because I read it and I understood it. Uh, but... You know, the Bible was uh, brand new to me at age 20. And even when I got saved, I'd only read a few chapters. So I didn't even know the Bible. And I, I didn't know what God said. I didn't know how he wanted me to live. I didn't, know, I didn't even know you're supposed to go to church. I had no idea what baptism was. But through the Bible, reading the Bible, falling in love with this book, it has literally revolutionized my whole life. And it is only getting better and better and better. Every time I open it up, God treats me like there's something special. There's something, hey, Brother Shaver, there's something you don't know. <laughs> Amen? Correction, instruction in righteousness. Well, look at this. Now, this is why it'll stand forever. In verse number one, it says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is God. I don't understand how to explain all that. Until you get to know Jesus, look at verse 14. And the Word, capital W, <coughs> was made what? Flesh. That's Jesus. The Word of God came down and became a man. God 
is his word and his word became flesh. That's what the Bible says. It's just amazing. And we have the Bible and Jesus actually picked up the scriptures while he was in the synagogue and he quoted his own words. And he, he told them, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Look at verse 14. It was made flesh and dwelt among us. So he had a dwelling and he had a life. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise God. The Bible, the word of God, will stand forever Right now, we're in this big uh, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever, this flu epidemic, whatever. And everybody's locked into this big black hole and running around trying to figure everything out. I have elected not to, not to participate. Thank you very much. I'm outside of that. You better be outside of it too. And you better trust God and not worry about it. Not worry about it. Because we have something more important that we should fixate our, our whole heart on. We should be addicted to the word, not addicted to the problem. We should be stepping back and taking a look. Well, what does God say about this? What, what does he want me to do? How does he want me to handle this epidemic? What does he want me to do? Uh, and, and you can see, even if it's out of your control, which most of it is, I, get, I can see Satan's hand in it. I can see the Bible prophecy moving forward, and I can, I can see the progress of satanic influences. Uh, I, I, can, I can see it, and you know, we're not ignorant of what, what's happening to our, our whole world. And praise God, praise the Lord. We have guidance, a lamp for our feet, a light for our path. We don't have to worry. Now, one more thing, and we'll be done. I want you to go with the book of Revelation with me, please. Revelation, uh, it is just fantastic. When you get to, well, I don't want to call it a spoiler alert, but if you sneak back to the back of the book and you read how everything turns out, it's not a problem. You go back to the book of Revelation, you get a preview of where all this is going. This is amazing. Look at chapter 19 with me. Now, in verse number 11, and we'll just go from 11 to 16, and we'll finish tonight. And I want to thank you for uh, just being with us, that, that engrafted word of God in your heart. Look at this now. This is why the, the word of God will stand forever. This is why it's so powerful, because it's really Jesus. It says, verse 11, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him, uh, was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed, watch it, with a vesture dipped in blood. That, that, that's a garment in the front. It's a vesture dipped in blood. That's his own precious blood. He's going to let us see the stain of his own blood on his garment. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies will 
uh, I got to go farther. Uh, the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, that's you and I, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that's the word of God, uh, that, would, that with it he would smite the nations and shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture, that's that vesture that I talked about, that piece of clothing, on his thigh a name written, not only the word of God, but he says there's another name there, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And tonight, it's just very basic sometimes, but some of these basic truths are what we miss so many times. We, we tend to tell God, well, you yeah, already heard that. But tonight, you know what I'm counting on? I'm counting on the Word of God. I'm resting my family and my soul and my mind. Oh, my mind. I'm resting everything right down on the Word of God tonight. And I hope you are too. I hope you're having some special time. Why would God call time out? if he didn't want us to take that time and have some time in the scriptures. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And hurry back, please. Uh, and uh, so let's go ahead and bow for prayer. Thank you for listening tonight.